0: To the UNT BSM audio resources. If you want more information on the BSM, you can go to untbsm.com. Thanks for listening. Let's take a seat. <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, oh, hello. Good. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name is Chase. I work here. And I love that song that we sang in the middle of the month. great, by the way. Really. Um, what happened to your awesome goatee? It's Shaved November. I love that song that we sang, the second one, uh, God of Ages Past. Remember the chorus? It says, God of Ages Past, refuge for my soul, provider in the storm I trust in you alone and I, I don't want I hope we never get I mean I love that you guys are so familiar with that song because that's a, that's a song that Matt just wrote but you guys already know the words I And mean, sometimes when we know the words of the songs we will sing the words and not think about how crazy they are but we just sang a song about God being the provider in a storm when things are going bad we trust in God alone Have you ever had something bad happen to you? Like something really bad You would call like a tragedy Maybe maybe right now You're in the midst of a tragedy I don't know And I'm glad that that you're here Because we can focus on this word tonight From John chapter 11 You're studying your Bible John chapter 11 and studying through the book of John It's on page 523 In these white Bibles If you don't have one uh, find one of those And if you don't own the Bible at all, take that one It was like $2, seriously, it's yours We want you to have God's word in your hand That's our gift, we're very generous uh, But if you don't know how to read the Bible The chapters are the big numbers in there And we're in chapter 11 And we're going to read the majority of this chapter Okay? Uh, but this story, John chapter 11 Is a story of a family in the midst of a tragedy This is the story of Lazarus If you're familiar with that story and we're going to pick up right at verse 1, look what it says, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, he's sick, he's very sick, he was of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. There's a few quick things we can see from just those verses. This is a story about a family, the family of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And what we see about this family from these verses is that they had a relationship with Jesus. They were already friends with Jesus. It talks about this instance with Mary anointing the Lord and wiping her tears with, his hair, with her hair. Um, that is from other gospel accounts. There's lots of actually stories about Mary and Martha. It seems like Jesus would always visit Mary and Martha. He was very close with this family. Okay, it says he loves them. They're his dear friends. But what I also want us to see is that they had a relationship with Jesus before this tragedy strikes. They had a relationship with Jesus before their brother got sick. And that's such a blessing for them. Because I think a lot of times we kind of in our own self-sufficiency, especially when you're in college and you think you've got a lot of life to live ahead of you and I'll get all this God stuff figured out later when I kind of get my kicks in now. And we sort of put off building that relationship with God until one day something really bad happens. And we don't have any of this relationship with God built up into that tragedy. And it's only in that tragedy where we start thinking, man, maybe I should try and figure out God. But it's also in that tragedy, in that suffering, in that bad thing that happens, that you're also most tempted to doubt God. So if you don't have any of this relationship built up before that bad thing happens, then when that bad thing comes, you have no anchor. You have no provider in the storm. You don't know who to trust in because you don't have that relationship built in ahead of time. So it is a grace that Mary and Martha had this relationship with Jesus already. And so I'll already from this, I can encourage you, don't wait. Don't wait to grow really, really close with Jesus because you can. You can spend time with Jesus the same way that they did. You can talk with Jesus. Jesus will talk with you through the Bible. You can pray to Jesus. And if you don't even know where to start in having a relationship with Jesus, start by having a relationship with His people. Because the church is the body of Jesus. So as you relate with Christians, you are relating with Jesus. But I can't encourage you enough to have a strong relationship. Not a superficial one, like I come to pray every Thursday, but besides that I never open up my Bible. But a real deep relationship with Jesus before bad stuff happens. Because that's what Mary and Martha had. So this bad thing happens, and then their very first thing the very first thing they know to do is they go to Jesus. We see their faith and it's being worked out. This bad thing happens. And so they send to Jesus, but this is the last thing I want us to see, what they do when they go to Jesus. They don't ask Jesus to do anything. What do they say? They just say, Jesus, he whom you love is ill. They just tell him what's going on. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't ask Jesus when bad things? No, not at all. But what I love about it, it says about their faith, is they know Jesus so much, they, they know that, that they don't even have to ask Jesus to act. That because Jesus loves them, he will do what he needs to do for them. And they don't need Jesus to come to them. They're like, Jesus, come quick, Lazarus is sick. They're like, man, it's just enough for us to know that Jesus knows. Because we've seen Jesus do miracles from a distance. So it's just enough for them to know that Jesus knows. And that's an encouragement to you that God knows. If you're here right now and you're going right through something, God knows already. Now, that doesn't mean you don't cry out to Him, you don't ask, but, but their faith is such that they have comfort in just knowing that Jesus knows. I think that's pretty cool. So it shows how strong their faith is ahead of this tragedy. Right? So look at, they, they, they send to Jesus, they say, Lord, He whom you love is ill. And then look at how Jesus responds in verse 4. But when Jesus heard it, He said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. What? So Jesus loves them, loves this whole family. And so when he heard that there was an emergency... He stayed where he was for two more days. What is that about? Isn't that crazy? Now, if if you don't know how this story ends, this is a pretty famous story, okay, Lazarus. If you don't know how this story ends, spoilers, Lazarus does die. So Jesus says this, is, this does not lead to death. He does die. And then he raises from the death. Jesus works a miracle and he raises Lazarus up from the dead. We know that. We know how this story ends. That's, that's the end. But, but they don't know that. And so if you already know this story you know how it ends, you're going you're to be tempted to kind of read it with the end in mind. But I don't want you to do that. I want you to read this the way that, that they were feeling this. Okay? So it's an emergency, and they in faith cry out to Jesus, but they kind of, I think, would hope that Jesus would come very quickly and just make everything okay. And instead, Jesus waits, and in waiting two days, you know what happens? Their brother dies. That would, that would be hard. But it says Jesus loved them, so he waited two days. Jesus loved them, so he let their brother die. Man, what do we do with them? We just had a baby. My wife and I just had a baby. I've got pictures on my phone. I want to see her. She's beautiful. Uh, and she eats a lot. And today, uh, I was I was at home and my wife had to go run an errands. And so she said, hey, there's milk in the fridge. Can you just, can you watch Evie while I'm gone? I was like, sure, I got this. She's asleep. That's easy. And not, seriously, not five minutes after she left, Evie starts crying. Okay. And so it's like, okay, I know what to do with this. There's milk in the fridge. And so I have to take the milk out of the fridge, and I have to put it into a a bottle, and I have to heat it up because it's it's cold in the refrigerator. Well, it takes four and one-half minutes to heat up milk. And in that four and one-half minutes, my daughter had the biggest meltdown I've ever seen. I mean, and I'm like holding her. And she's the, she starts doing the same way, she's like, arch trip back and <laughs> screams, like if she believed in God she would just be like, God! Why?! <laughs> For four and a half minutes. <laughs> wow. Okay. <clears throat> and as much as she was in pain, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not a baby, but I'm sure it really hurts. When you have that little stomach and it's empty. I'm sure she was in real pain, and I'm sure she was very confused. I'm sure she really wanted to be fed in that moment. But I'm her father, and I love her. So I know she's got to wait. And as much as I hate my daughter crying like that, I know that the best thing <coughs> for her is for her to suffer for four and a half minutes so that her milk's not cold and it might make her sick. I have better timing for her than she does. And this is kind of what's happening here. Okay, God in His love does not always act the way that we want Him to. God in His love doesn't always act in the timing that we want. Sometimes God in His love will let things happen to us that are not how we would want things to happen. But God in His love Always does what we need. And it always serves a greater purpose. And we saw that greater purpose in verse 4. It says it is for the glory of God. So that the Son of God. May be glorified through it. what that means. Is that this event. That is going to happen. Jesus delaying. Lazarus dying. Is all a circumstance that God has appointed. So that. This family would know better What God is like That they would see his glory That they would know better Who Jesus is in his fullness That they would have even more Faith Because they have seen Jesus And all his glory for who he really is That is the purpose that is being Served By the situation with Lazarus So skip down to verse 11 so, after saying these things, he said to them, that is the disciples who he was with waiting for two days, he says to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. See, he's aware, he knows what's happening. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I go to awaken him. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Classic disciples. <laughs> now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So even here, this circumstance that God has appointed, (coughs) this difficult suffering, this tragedy that God has appointed for the glory of God, so that this family will know who Jesus is more, this is not just serving the purpose of that family it is for his disciples. Who is saying, this is not just for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This is not just a good that's working out for them. But this tragedy that is happening to them is going to be a blessing to my disciples that are going to see it. And it goes even beyond that. That that this story is, is, even we're going to see the book of John, going to spread throughout the whole land. This story is going to get written down so that generation after generation, all the way to us, will be blessed, will be made more faithful and see the glory of God because of this difficult thing that happened. It's a and Martha, Do you ever think about that when you're going through something difficult? Not about how this is hurting you, but about how this will work out for good for generations. Because that's what Jesus is talking about here. There's a verse in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. We have a slide for it, pressed on. It says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. It means everything that happens, happens for a reason, and it's beautiful. And the problem is, we don't know how it's going to end. That's why we have a difficult time with it. But God knows how it's going to end, and it's going to end beautifully. The book of Romans, chapter 8, makes this much more clear. Thank Jesus. Look at eight twenty-eight. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So Jesus is saying, even though there's a tragedy, this is going to work out for good. This is all going to come together for my glory and for their belief. Okay, And so that is what Jesus, that is, that is the, the faith that Jesus is operating in the faith that he is walking in, that even difficult things will work together for good. But more importantly right now, this is the faith that Martha has. This is the faith that Mary has. This is the faith, again, that I said they had intact before the bad thing happens. They trust Jesus. And they know that Jesus will do good, even if it seems like it is not what they wanted. So look at how Martha responds in verse 17. It says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Four days. They're going through this. Four days they're grieving. Four days they're mourning. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother." So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you're doing God, God will give you. So four days. Is Martha sad? Yes. You see it says she's consoling, they need to console her. She's very sad. Her brother has just died. Even though God works everything together for good, that doesn't mean the thing itself is good. Okay? She is sad. This is bad. But she doesn't let this bad thing cause her to doubt God. She doesn't let this bad thing turn to anger for her, which is so many of us want to do. God let something bad happen. They we're like, God! We shake our fists out. We quit. I've heard so many people on this campus say the reason that they don't believe in God is because God, because something bad happened. And if God is good, he wouldn't have let this bad thing happen to me. But Mary knows. Mary has faith. Even now, she has faith. You see that? Even now, Jesus, I know that whatever you ask from God, I believe. Because she has a deeper faith. She knows that her faith is not in her circumstances. Her faith is in her God. And that faith doesn't shake. And again, I attribute it to the fact that she had such a deep relationship with Jesus before the tragedy happened. But her faith is not shaken, even though she is very sad. So she says, Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And look at what Jesus says, verse 23. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Now, again, if you know the story, you're reading this and you're thinking, Yeah, okay, this is it, because Lazarus does raise from the dead. But that's not how she hears this. She doesn't know that Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. So Jesus says, Your brother is going to rise from the dead. And, and you know what she thinks? You know how she interprets this? She thinks Jesus is talking about the last day, the resurrection in the last day. Look at verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So when she hears Jesus say, Your brother's gonna rise again, she thinks Jesus is telling her to wait. To wait until eternity. To wait until the time when all of the faithful are raised from the dead. What we would call heaven. Although that's a terrible way to describe it. Because heaven is not where we're going. We're going to be resurrected bodily on a new heavens and a new earth. But that's a lot harder to say. So you usually they just say you're going to go to heaven. Okay? But really, she knows that everybody's going to be raised from the dead. And we're all going to be together again. But that's way off. That's in eternity. That's in the future. And so Jesus says, your brother's going to rise again. And she thinks he's saying, hey... You just need to wait Until God accomplishes all of his purposes At the very end And everyone that is found in God will be brought together Then you will see your brother risen from the dead Then it will be okay So Jesus She thinks Jesus is telling her to wait And she's okay with it She puts her hope In a future hope So she had a, a hope intact Before this tragedy Which helps her to have hope In the midst of this tragedy And when Jesus speaks to her The promise of the resurrection It helps her set her mind on future hope We saw that verse Romans 8.28 Preston can you put that back up there again Romans 8.28 It says we know that for those who love God All things work together for good For those who are called according to his purpose We can read this verse and we can think Man okay so things might get bad But in a few weeks it's going to get better In a few months I'll be able to see The silver lining on this thing In a few years, everything's gonna turn around. That's not what that's saying. What that's saying is your whole life could just get worse and worse and worse and worse until you die. But at the end of everything, on the last day, if you are found in God, you will look back and you'll see that everything worked out for good. And you will see that everything will work out for good for you, that there's hope in the future. That is that's the Christian hope. We have a very forward looking hope. I don't trust things in this life are going to get better. But I trust that one day God's going to fix everything. That's my hope. That's Martha's hope. So when Jesus says, your brother's going to rise again. She says, look again at verse 24. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And then look at Jesus' response in verse 25. He says to her, I am the resurrection. Oh my goodness you underline stuff in your Bible? I mean, I think that is the the most beast thing that he could say in this moment, where she's saying, I know, I get it, he's going to rise again in the resurrection, and he says, I am the resurrection I am that future hope, I am the hope that you wait for I am the resurrection not only am I the resurrection, I am the life whoever believes in me, though he die yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So she has rightly put her hope in the future promises of God, in the hope of the resurrection. And Jesus is saying, I am all of those promises right here, right now, for you. I am the resurrection of life. This is, I am the life. We saw that in John chapter 1. It says, The light was the life of men. Talking about Jesus, that Jesus, in and of himself, is life. He created all life. He gives you life. He is the source of life. So He is the power of life. So He says, I am the resurrection. So what does that mean? It means that He is power over death. Death cannot stop Jesus. And being the power over death means that really Jesus is the power over sin. Because sin is the cause of death. Romans 6, 23 have yeah, got this on a slide. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The reason people die is because of sin. The reason Lazarus died is because Lazarus was a sinner. Now hear that. Did you remember he said Jesus loved Lazarus. And, and so I think that would mean Lazarus was probably a pretty good guy, okay If Jesus liked spending a lot of time with him. Lazarus was probably a decent guy. Lazarus was probably following the rules. Lazarus was probably a good person, but Lazarus still died because it doesn't matter how good you are, it doesn't matter how much you think God likes you. That doesn't take away your sin. And the wages of sin is death. what you earn for your sin. Is death. So for Jesus to say, I am the resurrection, what He's really saying is, I am the power over sin. And the way that He is the resurrection, the way that He deals with this problem of sin, which is the cause of death, is by dying Himself. This is the crazy thing. This doesn't make any sense. Okay? Jesus, God incarnate, the Word made flesh, Son of God, walking around on the earth, sinless, never sinned. And if the wages of sin is death, and Jesus never sinned, then that means Jesus didn't have to die. But Jesus took your sins off of you and onto Himself. And so He was made guilty. He was made to pay the wages of sin. So I was saying, our debt is paid. Our debt is death. You owed the debt of death for your sin. Just like Lazarus. But Jesus says, I will pay your debts. I will die instead. And this debt counts because I was sinless. So Jesus died. But then, because Jesus is the life, not even Him dying could stick. Death can't stop Jesus. So Jesus took all of our sins, and He died... And all of our sins died. And because Jesus is the resurrection of the life, He just came back out three days later. Ain't nothing. I'm Jesus. I'm the resurrection of the life. And when Jesus came out of that tomb, all of our sins stayed there. That's how He can say, if you believe in me, if you will let me take your sins on myself, then you will never die. And even though you might die like Lazarus, you're not going to be really dead. Because you can have hope in the resurrection but if you don't believe in me then you're dead already you're in the tomb just like Lazarus is and you are going to pay every dollar of that debt for eternity look at the end of verse 26 he looks at Martha he says do you believe this? He said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Do you believe this? Do you believe that this is who Jesus is? Do you believe that Jesus really is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that Jesus really is the promise of eternal life? Martha believed it. Martha believed. She said, Yes, Lord. I want you to still pay attention to where this happens in the story. Has Lazarus been raised from the dead yet? No. Martha's faith, her hope, wasn't in God fixing her circumstances. Sometimes God will let people die. Sometimes God will ensure that things do not turn out the way that you want them to. Sometimes your circumstances will feel like everything in your life is falling apart. And in those moments, what God is wanting you to do is to not cling to your circumstances getting better, but to cling to Jesus, the resurrection, and the life. And that's who Martha clings to. I bet you Jesus could have walked away right now, let Lazarus in that tomb, and Martha would have been okay. She would have been sad, but she would have had hope. Because she knew who Jesus was us. And she believed it. Do you believe this? This isn't a story about a family having enough faith, and because of their faith, God worked a miracle. That's not the point of this story. That's just wrong. doesn't matter how much faith you have, you can't manipulate God into doing things your way. That's not the moral of this story. And this is not a story that is meant to give us hope that if you're going through something difficult, if you give it enough time, it's going to get better in this life. That's not the point of this story. Now, do I believe that Jesus can work miracles even today and fix things that are difficult in your life? Yes. Do I think it's right for you to pray for that? Yes. But is Jesus guaranteed to do that? No. Because God loves us so much that He gives us what we need, not what we want. And that's for His glory. For a glory that will last for generations beyond your life. What this story is, is a story about who Jesus really is the resurrection and the life, the hope of eternal life. And we need to get that figured out before we even start looking at Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Because Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead is nothing more than him proving he is what he said he was. The series we've been going through is going through different I am statements where Jesus says, this is who I am. Well, here he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I have the power over death. And he says, if you don't believe me, Lazarus, get up. And what happens? Lazarus gets up. The moral of the story is not, if you have enough faith, God will make your circumstances better. The moral of the story is Jesus is who he says he is and there is life found in no one else's name. This really happened. And this is true. You can think of yourself if you are not a Christian like Lazarus and tomb. And me saying this to you, me reading these words to you is the words of Jesus. Are you going to listen to them? Are you going to come up? Are you going to come out? And if you are here and you are in Christ, then I want your hope to be in Jesus, in the resurrection, and in the future promises. We'll we'll show one more slide. This is Revelation 21, verse 4. I think it's the last one I gave you. When you guys read through the rest of this, you're going to read through the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. You'll see that Jesus even cries. In the face of death, in the face of suffering. But even Jesus' hope is set on this day, when God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We have passed away in Christ's death. And we look, to a, we look forward to a future hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Put your hope in that resurrection. Grow in the knowledge and the relationship of this Jesus who is your life. And may God keep us in that faith through all of the ups and downs of this crazy world, this broken, fallen, sinful, evil world, until that day where this is true. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. God, thank you for being life in and of itself. Thank you for giving us life. Breath in our lungs, blood in our veins, where we can live out our days in this world. And even though there is so much pain and suffering, there's still so much good for us to enjoy in it. So God, thank you for that. But God, please keep us from being deceived by the good things in this world, by being numbed, by all the pleasures that we can have in this life, into not believing that there is a serious problem that needs to be dealt with in each of our hearts. God, even though we have breath in our lungs, apart from you we are dead in our souls. And one day our bodies will die. And apart from you we will die eternally. God, thank you for sending your Son, the resurrection and the life, to die for us. Life dying, so that we might have life. God, thank you for that. Please help us to understand that and the faith, the confidence, the hope that that gives us in Jesus. Lord, would you help us encourage one another with that hope? Would you help us walk in that faith? Some of us for the first time tonight. Until that day where you come again and you make all things new. And that day we hope and we long for come Lord Jesus. Until then we praise your name. Amen. Amen.